Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I'm your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here once again virtually with our scorekeeper, Carter Zenke. How are you doing today, Carter? Feeling good. How about you? I'm feeling really great. Fantastic. Yeah, it's spring, and I love spring. So let's meet this week's contestants. First, we have Sophie. Hello, I'm Sophie Wolbert. I use she, her pronouns, um, and I'm very excited to be here. I'm super competitive about trivia, but not very talented at it. So we'll see how this goes. Well, that's all right. Thank you, Sophie. Uh, and we also have Frey. Hello, I'm Frey. I'm a current student at Pomona College, and I have not done trivia in a very long time, so I feel like I'm untested metal. All righty. Well, thank you both for being here today. Uh, we're going to have four rounds uh, with the questions slightly differently formatted in each round. And so without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Round one is our first general knowledge round. And so questions here are worth 10 points each. Uh, there will be multiple choice and uh, you can choose which answer you think is the best. All righty. Sophie, you are up first. Are you ready? I guess so. Question one. What type of cheese does Wisconsin produce the most of? A, mozzarella, B, Swiss, or C, cheddar? Oh, gosh. Well, probably cheddar. C? No, it's actually A, mozzarella. Uh, nearly a third of the three billion pounds the state produces annually is mozzarella. Question two. Which popular breakfast cereal was created first? A, Wheaties, B, cornflakes or c cheerios i feel like maybe it's cornflakes so yeah cornflakes is my answer that's correct they were yes. created in 1894 by william kellogg uh, and wheaties were created in 1924 uh, cheerios sneaky late 1941. Mm. question uh, three how many times per second can a hummingbird flap its wings a 20 b 40 or c 80. c 80. that's correct those amazing little hummingbirds. question four in cricket which of these is not a term used to describe the direction that a batter can send the ball in a hook b off drive or c side shot Oh gosh, I have a, my best friend has a British dad and I have watched cricket with him and yet I have absolutely no idea that <laughs> for this answer. So um, I guess I'll just go with A. I don't even remember what it was. A. Um, no, A was hook and, and that's not correct. Okay. The answer is C, side shot. Um, a hook is directly behind the batter's legs and off drive is, an off drive is straight ahead uh, to the dominant side of the batter and a side shot is not a thing, at least not in cricket. And finally, question five. In 2004, Shrek the sheep was caught after avoiding being sheared for six years in what country? A, Ireland, B, the United States, or C, New Zealand? Oh, I feel like I read this story. This sounds really familiar, but I can't remember. Um, maybe New Zealand, they've got lots of sheep. They do have lots of sheep, and Shrek was one of them. That is correct. Um, Shrek was a merino sheep, um, and they are normally shorn annually. Um, but Shrek apparently hid in caves during the time uh, and uh, was never shorn. Uh, when he was caught, his fleece weighed 60 pounds. 
um, and his shearing uh, was aired live on national television in New Zealand. Um, and then he went to Wellington to meet the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Helen Clark, for his 10th birthday. And uh, we'll put a picture of Shrek um, up on our Instagram and Facebook pages because he looks um, a little silly with um, his 60 pounds of fleece. So, national icon, Shrek the sheep. Alrighty, Frey, are you ready for your five questions? Well, I'm so ready. Question one. What city is famously located in both Europe and Asia? A, Athens, B, Istanbul, or C, Moscow? I'm going to go with Istanbul. That's correct. The Bosphorus Strait running through the city divides Europe and Asia. Question two. Which of the following states does not contain one of the 10 most visited national parks in 2020? And we're just talking about the, the 62 um, parks that have been designated as national parks. There are 423, I think, total like National Park Service run mm -hmm. things, but 62 of them are designated as national parks. A, Tennessee, B, Virginia, or C, Colorado? So the question is, which one does not contain one of the most? Correct. Yeah. Which one does not contain one of the 10 most visited national parks in 2020? I'm going to go with Virginia. That's I correct. That right. uh, Tennessee has the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which has been the most visited national park annually since 1944, as we learned in last week's episode. Um, and the other nine were Yellowstone, Zion, Rocky Mountain, which is in Colorado, Grand Teton, Grand Canyon, uh, Cuyahoga Valley, Acadia, Olympic, and Joshua Tree. Hmm. Question three. On this day in 1939, April 14th, um, jo John Steinbeck published which of his novels, which tells the story of the Jode family who fled the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma for a new life in California? A, The Grapes of Wrath, B, Of Mice and Men, or C, East of Eden? A, Grapes of Wrath. That's correct. Question four. The completion of the Illinois and Michigan Canal transformed what city into a major transportation hub? A, Chicago, B, Detroit, C, St. Louis. Ooh, the, the Illinois-Michigan Canal, is that what you said? The Illinois and Michigan Canal. The Illinois and Michigan, like we don't even touch each other. <laughs> no. Why could it be? <laughs> Illinois, oh, Lake Michigan. It could be like Michigan. Okay, I'm going to go with Chicago on that one. That's correct. And actually, now that you say that, that makes a lot more sense because I too was like, wait a second, the canal doesn't even <laughs> go into Michigan, but it actually flows to Lake Michigan. So yeah, that makes a right. lot more sense. Um, it was completed in 1848 um, and the completion of railroads um, to the city in 1850 increased Chicago's status as a transportation hub. And finally, question five, at Andrew Jackson's funeral in 1845, who had to be removed for swearing loudly? A, James K. Polk, B, James Buchanan, or C, Jackson's pet parrot? Oh, I know nothing about um, like Southern politicians from the 19th century, so I really want it to be the parrot. Well, fortunately for you, that's correct. Uh, the parrot was <laughs> named Pole, uh, and the presiding preacher, the Reverend William Menifee Normand, wrote, quote, before the sermon and while the crowd was gathering, a wicked parrot that was a household pet got excited and commenced swearing so loud and long as to disturb the people and had to be carried from the house. And the <laughs> reverend went on to, to note that the people were, quote, horrified and awed at the parrot's lack of reverence. 
was that parrot like the the white house like emblematic pet for like andrew jackson's time because i i would just love to see like the headlines i i i saw a picture online as i was looking this up of jackson with the parrot um i don't know when he got the parrot but hopefully the photo is not i hope it's a real photo i hope it's not doctored um but it, it, he could very well have had it with him in the white house well that's the end of round one carter can you please give us a score update Carter. We have Frey off to a flying start with 50 points, and Sophie still at 30, not far behind. So now it's time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week's question was, Pognology is the study of what? And the answer is, beards. I don't recall my college offering that as a major and even if they did, I don't think I would take those classes. But it's the study of beards. So there you go. This week's question is, what U.S. president was nicknamed the Little Magician? So put your thinking caps on and uh, let me know if you know the answer and I'll announce it next week. Alrighty, now it is time for round two. Carter, can you please tell us the rules? Yes, round two uh, will consist of five questions on the same topic. For each of you. Uh, they're now worth 20 points, and if you get them wrong, your opponent can answer for half points, so 10 in this case. Alrighty, so both of your topics will be on important events that happened on April 14th, which is the date that this podcast is being released. So Sophie, your topic is the sinking of the RMS Titanic. I which... actually know so much about the Titanic, yes. <laughs> oh, well, good. Um, which uh, And the sinking began on April 14th, um, but it officially sunk on the 15th. So question one, the Titanic was one of three Olympic-class ships built for what British shipping company? Um, well, I know there's another one that's in, where is it, like Long Beach? Um, what was the shipping company? Well, I was super confident about this round. <laughs> this is a um, tricky one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a guess. Okay. Uh, well, wait, let me guess. Uh, okay. Boat. The name of the company is Boat. Uh, not quite. Uh, Frey, do you know? No, I don't think I know. I only know like railroad companies, I think. So I'm going to go with Union Pacific. No, that is, that is a railroad company. Um, no, this is, <laughs> this is the White Star Line. Oh. Yeah. Um, and the other two of the three Olympic class ships were the RMS Olympic and the HMHS Britannic. Um, and the latter was sunk by a mine in 1916. And the Queen Mary was, was I, I think, when it was built in the 30s, 40s, somewhere in there, um, it surpassed the RMS Olympic as the biggest ship in the world. Mm. So, yeah. Question two. At 11.39 p.m. that night on April 14, 1912, Frederick Fleet was the first to spot what looming straight ahead of the Titanic in the ocean? Iceberg. Correct. And the ship struck it one minute later. Question three. A leading cause in the fact that over 1,500 people died in the sinking was the severe shortage of what on board the ship, making it so that many were unable to escape? Lifeboats. Correct. Um, and the, the lifeboats that they had on the ship had room for just under 1,200 people total, um, but the ship carried a little over 2,200 people on that particular voyage. Um, and many of the life, lifeboats were lowered half full. And uh, what's interesting is, as I was reading about this, um, 
I found some tables of like who survived and like the percentages and such. And not surprisingly, if you were in first class, you were far more likely to survive. Um, and very few of the third class passengers survived. And same with the crew. All Half of the officers and most of the deck crew survived. But if you were working down like in the engineering areas, like shoveling coal and stuff, you were very unlikely to survive. So question. So do you think they like, I was sorry. No, go can ahead. I, are we, can we ask questions? Yeah, yeah. Like, go for it. Was the fact that they like lowered them half full because they were like full of rich people who didn't want to like share? I think the what I think the explanation was that they were cons the, well actually part of it that I found out was that the people who were um, filling the lifeboats didn't know the capacity of the lifeboat, so they didn't even know how many people could be in the boat, um, and so partially they were concerned about um, it tipping over. The other part was that one of the officers who was filling the boats interpreted the order of women and children first as women, women and children only. And so oh, a lot of people no. didn't. And but, but the other one was operating under women and children first, and then men could go board if there was room. And then the other thing was I read that there were a lot of doorways that were barred basically to prevent third class passengers from passing through the second and first class corridors. Mm -hmm. um, and those barriers yeah. effectively prevented people from escaping. To the deck um so Yikes. uh where are we question four the surviving passengers were, were picked up the next morning by what ship the lusitania no what <laughs> Dang no it. frey the queen mary no this they were picked up by the carpathia oh oh the lusitania sank that's a famous, yeah that's yeah a that sank three ship, years right? later by a german that was sunk three years later by a german u-boat Oh, is that what started World War One? Um, it was. It was in the midst of World War One. It was one of the causes of the U.S. getting involved. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and question five: One of the surviving passengers was Margaret Brown, whose life was later memorialized with what Broadway musical? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, maybe the the Titanic musical. <laughs> no, Frey. I have no answer for this. Okay. This is the unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh. Yeah. Well, Frey, are you ready for your five questions? Your topic. Okay. Your topic is the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, which was April 14th, oh, 1865. Okay. Question one. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by what actor? John Wilkes Booth. Correct. And part of the reason why he was able to gain access to the president's box is because he was so well known as an actor. Question four, the assassination occurred at what Washington DC theater? Well, you see, this is where, this is where things get a little bit shaky. Um, Washington DC theater. I have no idea. Final answer, um, the Ford theater. That's correct. What? Yeah, Ford's no theater. way. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. It just felt like an instinct. Well, well, always go with your gut. Um, but the, oh yeah, that's gosh. correct. It's just a few blocks uh, from the White House. Question three. The Lincolns were at the theater to see what farcical play by Tom Taylor? I don't know. Okay. Sophie, do you know? Uh, well, I definitely have heard of it before, but I can't remember. So no. Okay. It's called Our American Cousin. Um, I think Wikipedia puts it best. 
It is a farce featuring a awkward, boorish American, Asa Trenchard, who was introduced to his ar- aristocratic English relatives when he goes to England to claim the family estate. Hilarity ensues. Question four. In addition to targeting Lincoln, Booth enlisted George Atzerodt to kill Vice President Andrew Johnson and Lewis Powell and David Harold to kill what Secretary of State? I don't know. No answer. Okay. Sophie, do you know? Nope. Okay. This is William Seward. Um, and both of these plots ended up failing. Um, Atzerodt chickened out and got drunk and wandered the streets until he found a room and fell asleep. Um, Powell did stab Seward, um, who was recovering from a broken jaw and arm, um, and also hit his son, Frederick, on the head repeatedly um, with a pistol, but they both recovered. And uh, Atzerodt, Powell, and Harold all eventually were hung uh, for their role in the plot. And finally, question five. Among the tributes to Lincoln included the poems, When Lilacs Last in the Dooryard Bloomed, and O Captain, My Captain, written by what poet? Oh, gosh. This is the worst English major moment. I'm hoping it's like Walt Whitman. Uh, That's correct. Yes, it was Walt Whitman. (laughs) All righty, and with that, we have reached the end of round two. Carter, can you please give us a score update? Ray earned 60 points and Sophie earned 40. So the total was now Ray with 110 and Sophie with 70. Now we're on to round three. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round three is like round two in that you'll have open-ended questions. Each question is now worth 30 points. And if you get it wrong, your opponent can still answer for half points. So in this case, 15. Alrighty, Sophie, you are up first again. Are you ready? Yep, I'm missing the multiple choice, but I'll take what I can get. (laughs) Question one, what interstate highway is the main north-south artery in Texas, which connects the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex with Austin and San Antonio? Well, I think it's I-35, and I think I drove on it not too long ago. That is correct. Question two, what general infamously changed sides during the Revolutionary War after his plot to hand West Point over to the British was exposed. Who was that? What's his name? Uh, Benedict Arnold? Correct. Yeah. Nice. And he was actually about to have breakfast with George Washington when he learned that Major John Andre uh, Andre of the British Army was captured with the plans for the handoff. Um, But Arnold managed to escape to a British ship while Andre was hanged. Question three. Making up approximately 4.2% of its body weight, proportionally speaking, Hummingbirds have the largest what in the bird kingdom? Uh, Bill, I think, the beak? No. Frey? 4.2% of its body? Yeah, 4.2% of its body weight. Uh, Is it the heart? No, close. It's the brain. They are apparently very smart and can remember every flower they have been to and how long it will take a flower to refill. Question four. What tragic opera by Giuseppe Verdi, with main characters Violetta and Alfredo, is consistently the most performed opera in the world each year? Mm. <laughs> I'm already embarrassed about not knowing the last question, and now I ought to know this one, too. Um, a Verdi opera with Violetta and who? Alfredo? Alfredo. Oh, gosh. Um, Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, is Aida Verdi Opry, Opera? It is, but that's not the right one. Um, Frey, do you know? Mm, I don't think I do. Okay, this is La Traviata. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the three main uh, middle period successes for Verdi, along with Rigoletto and Il Trovatore. And finally, question five. In the United States, the popularity of iced tea led to what additional utensil to silverware sets? Um, a utensil? So like a, a fork, knife, spoon, that kind of thing? Yep. Um, iced tea. What, spoon? Yeah, yeah, an, an iced teaspoon. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, okay. An iced teaspoon? Is that separate than a normal spoon? Yeah, it's the one you get at restaurants that has the really, really long handle. And oh, I didn't know that's for iced tea. I thought it would just yeah. had a long handle. Yeah, because it's for it's for stirring in the sugar, huh. for for those who like sugar in their iced tea. Which, by the way, for the record, I do not like sugar in my iced tea. Obviously just want to make sure not. that's known. Um, but for those who do, I think everyone who's ever met you knows that. <laughs> well, there are people who listen to this podcast who don't know me, so I just want to make sure like top, that the top five Matthew facts. Yeah. Yes, that that is the essential Matthew Cook. Um, I do not like sweet tea. All righty, Frey, are you ready for your five questions? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay, question one. What interstate highway, which runs from Normal, Illinois, to near Rothschild, Wisconsin, passes through Rockford, Illinois, and Madison, Wisconsin? Oh, and Madison? Yep. Yeah, but Normal? Like, I want to say I-90, but I don't think that one goes through Normal. So I think I'm going to go with I-39? That's correct. Yes. Okay, good. Question two, what South American capital city is home to the Casa Rosada and the famous July 9th Avenue, the widest highway in the world with seven lanes in each direction? Casa Rosada. Um, is it Argentina? What's the capital city? Oh, the capital city, uh, Buenos Aires. Correct. The existence of July 9th Avenue comes down to it needing to span an entire city block in the Buenos Aires uh, grid system. It is so wide that it takes the average pedestrian two or three green lights to actually cross the entire thing. <laughs> Question three. On February 1st, 1960, Joseph McNeil, Franklin McCain, Azell Blair Jr., and David Richmond conducted a sit-in at the F.W. Woolworth Company store in what North Carolina city to protest segregationist policies? Mm, Raleigh. No. Sophie? Did you say North Carolina? North Carolina. Um, is it like Green, Greenville, Greensboro, Green? I don't know what it's called. What? Um, what? What's your answer? Which? Which one are you going? <laughs> Greenville. Greensboro. Gosh, dang it! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. These are the Greensboro sit-ins. Um. The protests. Uh, the, so it started with the four of them, and then it grew to more than twenty students the next day, sixty the following, and then over three hundred, um, on February fourth. And eventually the sit-in ended on July 25th when the store ended its segregation policy. The counter is on display at the International Civil Rights Center and Museum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Question four. In addition to her 66 famous detective novels, what English author wrote six novels under the pseudonym Mary Westmacott? Would this be Agatha Christie? Correct. Yes. Awesome. And finally, question five. What cocktail contains vodka tequila, light rum, triple sec, gin, and a splash of cola. And although it looks like iced tea, most variants don't include any tea at all. This sounds like the Long Island iced tea. That is correct. Yes. And Ooh. for the record, I have never had a Long Island iced tea. 
um, because I think I might end up on the floor um, (laughs) afterward. Well, that's the end of round three. Carter, can you please give us a score update? We have Frey earning 120 points that round and Sophie earning 90. So the score now is Frey with 230 and Sophie with 160, but the game is not over. Oh, it's not. So now it is time for round four. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Round four is what we call our showdown, where each question is worth 40 points. And we're going to ask you to write down your answer to that question, and we'll both reveal it at the same time. Sophie, Frey, are you ready? No, I need Uh, something to write with. Um, (sighs) Sophie is ready. I came prepared, Frey. I may not not be winning, but... At least I've got a pen and paper. And showing up is half the battle. Showing up prepared is half the battle. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Question one. Interstate 35 splits into east and west segments in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex that go through downtown Dallas and Fort Worth, respectively. Interstate 35 splits again to serve which two principal cities in another major central time zone metropolitan area? Do we have answers? Mm -hmm. No. Um, I got a good guess. Okay, I have a guess. Okay, Sophie, what is your answer? Lincoln, Nebraska? No. Frey? Uh, St. Louis? No. I was looking for two principal cities, and I was hoping that'd be a hint that oh. it's Minneapolis and St. Paul. Oh. Oh, oh my goodness. The shame. I didn't understand <laughs> the question. Yeah. Sorry. Sure. That was That's maybe <laughs> it. It was kind of clunkily worded, and I was very excited about that fact because I I realized that 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 could be a good question, but I probably right. didn't word that very well. Right. Well, you see, I was thinking of the two cities, Saint and Lewis. So that's oh. that's right. I went wrong. Okay. Well, I don't know what to tell you for that. Um, let's move on. Question two. <laughs> F. Melius Christensen was the founding conductor of what? Upper Midwest College's world famous choir. Do we have answers? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sophie, what is your answer? Saint Olaf. Frey. Luther College. It is Saint Olaf. Yes. What? No. I I wrote Luther and then I crossed it out and then I wrote Saint Olaf. Oh, that's crazy. Yep. Uh, their subsequent conductors. They've only had four in their entire history, which is over a hundred years. Um, Olaf Christensen, who was um, F. Melius Christensen's son, um, was the second conductor, and then Keith Jennings, and now it is Anton Armstrong. Oh, he was at, wasn't he at, um, he was like the, the guy at Psyka one year, I think. Um, the guest person. No, he wasn't, wasn't he? at Psyka, but we, but we went and saw him in Pasadena. Yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, in, in uh, 2018, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And I rode with Kristen A. Hi, Kristen A. If you're listening, I hope you are. (laughs) Question three. Of the 50 highest mountains in the United States, 29 are in Colorado, 13 are in Alaska, 7 are in California, and 1 is in what state? And I'll give you a a hint, or at least I'll tell you how how I recommend to think about this question. Try to think of what mountains that that are not in Colorado, Alaska, and California are really tall so choose the mountain and then figure out the state from that that's my recommendation i'll shut up okay i've got it you've got it okay sophie what is your answer washington state frey i also put washington that's correct it is washington and it is 
Anybody? Hood. No, that's in Oregon. That's in Oregon. Okay, well, Rainier <laughs> uh, then. Is it it's Mount St. Helens? No, it's Mount Rainier. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but you both got the points anyway because uh, Washington was correct. Mount Rainier. I knew it was the one that didn't look super conical. That uh, was my justification, right? Okay. Like Mount Hood is super, super conical. Yeah. Yeah, Rainier is, is very domey. But it's yeah. But it is the um, it is the correct answer. Or Washington is the correct answer. Uh, Mount Rainier is fourteen thousand four hundred and seventeen feet tall. It is the seventeenth highest mountain in the United States. Well, that's the end of uh, the game. So, Carter, what's the final score? Well, Sophie earned twice as many points as Frey in that round, but unfortunately, it was not enough. Frey has two hundred and seventy points, and Sophie has two hundred and forty. Oh, well, congratulations, Frey. You have won. Do you have anything you'd like to say? I would like to extend a, a heartfelt congratulations to my competitor, Sophie. I know trivia is a hard thing to lose, so <laughs> well played. For some more than others. <laughs> I'll survive, though. <laughs> That's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Sophie and Frey, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper, and Mason Cook for composing the music and contributing some questions. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our website, triviaovertea.podbean.com. Like us on the Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye.